I think you know this. This is the last week of uh, Finding Faith in Rock and Roll 5. But let me tell you something about Renaissance Church. We rock and roll every Sunday, baby, all right? So um, there will still be a lot of rock and roll type of songs as well as as we do that year. Seriously, we do that year round. Yeah, you know, the song theme is just very clear. Um, The writer, I think it was John, might have been Paul, but I think it was John, um, had read in the news about a friend who had died in a car in a car crash and didn't know it till he read in the news, and like the theme, at least part of that theme of that song, you never know what a day is going to bring. You just don't know, and, and you know I, I'm, I'm very cautious and I'm kind of a friction going on this morning because I want to really address that theme, but I don't want to scare you. You know what I mean? So we're going to do some things, and I'll show you in just a moment, in just a moment what we're going to do with that. Uh, you never know, though, what a day is going to bring, but you can make a pretty determined, intentional decision that you will live it well. That's really one of the things that life, and maybe you've learned this, maybe you're going to have to get a little older to learn this, a lot of the things that you think you have control of, you really don't. Um, in fact, it's a whole lot less than what you really think. But the one thing that you do have control of is, is how you're going to respond to each day and, and the goings-on of each day. And, um, you know, there are many, you know, one of, the, one of the titles I fooled around with, living, living a day in the life, moment to moment. Um, that's kind of what we're talking about. So let me go through a few things. Let me just get you to think along these, these lines for a moment because the real question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you have one of those days, well, it, the, the toilet's running over. You ever have that issue? Had that issue? Yeah, I have somebody's phone number. <laughs> um, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, and, and that's that's frustrating. And you know, I don't I don't mean to minimize it. And sometimes we can get beyond that and we can laugh about it. But uh, sometimes that's just just like, oh gosh, what are you going to do when you have one of those days when your team lets you down? Start small here. We'll start in bite-sized portions. By the way, I don't know where he is, but we have one of our kids' staff. Where's Drew? Who's, who's he with? Does anybody know what kids are? Anyway, Drew is just one of the most obnoxious Red Sox fans on the face of the earth. And after going through what we've been through as Yankee fans and just all the trauma we've had the last couple of weeks, speaking of which, how many of you, I've got I to see if I can see everybody, how many of you have read my blog on Joe Torrey? You have. Two of you? Three of you. Thank you. Listen, you've got to go home and read that. My gosh, what do you do on the internet anyway? I mean, that should be your first bookmark you go to, Renaissance Church. And whose blog is it today? Is it Rich? Is it Steve's? Is it Clay's? And you'll know if it's mine. It's always much. No. Anyway, it's, uh, I'm not going to say that. Um, it, all my blogs uh, have a grammar check. Uh, anyway, um, we go through tough things with our ball team, right? Sometimes, unfortunately, it affects our mood. Uh, I started to mention Drew earlier. Drew works with one of our kids' staff, and he was out this morning. As I was greeting people as they were leaving, and some of you were coming in, he's out there running people off. Hey, hey, what was the score last night of that game, you know? And I'm just like, I'm just jealous because I can't do that. But I mean, anyway, 
Whether you're talking about, uh, you know, and by the way, speaking of which, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, and obviously I don't normally pay a whole lot of attention to the World Series after the Yankees get beat, but this year I have because I have some interest in the Rockies, been to several games there and lived there for quite a while, and also Clint Hurdles, the manager of the Rockies, I don't know if you read the story or not on the sports page, it's very interesting because uh, Denver stations aren't quite as bad as New York stations, but they have a couple sports stations and they can beat up on the teams occasionally, and, and one of them was talking about both earlier in the year and then now how how I think the word they used was what a devastating loss the um, the Rockies had, had been undergone undergoing you know a couple losses actually and um, it's interesting Clint, Clint Hurdle the manager uh, they asked him about that was this devastating and he said as it turns out guys been through some things and one of the things is he and his wife have a handicapped child and he said Baseball games aren't devastating, even when you lose them. Going to the hospital and finding out your kid is sick, that's devastating. And I thought, God bless him. I mean, there's some, there's some perspective for you. You know, and, and in the midst of that, you, you can think about that. So, but anyway, what are you going to do in some of those situations with your team let you down? What are you going to do when your kids get sick and, and, and your plans have to go on hold? Or, God forbid, maybe even... Are you right? Maybe even the play date gets canceled. Play dates. I don't know what happened in my childhood. But I don't remember my mother checking her palm. Oh, Rich, you have a play date at 5 o'clock. Don't remember. Oh, maybe that's why I'm all screwed up now. I don't know. But, but play dates. And I've heard, and I'm not making fun, honestly. I know, I know, it's, I know it's, it's important to get your kids out and stuff, and I understand that. Um, I'm going to have some fun with it. But, but, you know, I have seen, I have seen and heard moms get really stressed out a few times. Oh, I've got to make the play date. i got this one, this one, this one. I had, first time I heard that, I had asked, what was a play date anyway? What are you going to do when your housekeeper makes a bigger mess than you had? Anybody ever have that issue? We were very fortunate and have a housekeeper comes about once a week or so. And usually it's one, one or two different days. And I'm like, now tell me when she's coming, Charlene. I got to hide my stuff, you know. I got to hide my stuff. What are you going to do? You ever have this one? When the internet crashes. You ever have that? You just get so frustrated sometimes. The internet crashed at the house or at the office. What happens at the office, I usually let people know that I'm very unhappy. Um, not that they can do anything about it. But so now they've showed me a few things how to, they've shown me high technical stuff on what to do when the internet crashes. It really, really, I'm getting really smart with this stuff. You know what you do when your internet crashes? You go unplug it and you wait for a minute and you plug it back in again. Hey, is this, I mean, I'm high tech, baby. There we go. I'm there. Learned that from my, uh, my Ivy League friend over here. Anyway, um, sorry, I just had to throw that in. Or maybe you get a phone call about a misbehaving kid. Or maybe you get a phone call about a kid who flunked out of college. By the way, you need to hear this from somebody that loves you and cares about you. I know that's bad and I know that's not good, but there are worse things in the world than flunking out of college. I know that's going to come as a shock to some of you, but let's keep it in perspective. Okay? Not that it's okay. Not that it's, you know, not that it's, uh, you know, we excuse it. I'm not saying that at all. But anyway, uh, Maybe you get a phone call about that. Maybe you get a maybe you get a phone call about your kid doing something worse at college. 
Or maybe you've been working and working and working on this one big deal. This one just ends on some silly little idiotic thing by somebody else, blows it. What you going to do with that? Or even worse, what you going to do when you get a bad doctor's report and it doesn't get any better? What you going to do with that? Maybe you get a phone call like I got this week. I can't go into too many details. These are on the internet and you have to be careful. But young man that I had sort of mentored, young been my, one of my uh, student ministry uh, youth pastor uh, interns when I was in Vail. Um, got a call from a friend. It was really, really, really tough. And, and it was one thing he called me and he said, have you talked to anybody from Vail lately? And I said, I haven't talked to anybody in Vail for several weeks. And those of you who don't know, we spent about 18 years there, so we have a lot of history there. And I said, I haven't talked to anybody in a long time. Why? And he told me about my friend. He said, you know so-and-so? Well, I said, Yeah. I know him very well. Are you kidding? And uh, what happened? And he then told me, without going into detail, teaching in a Christian school, and he's 27, married, two kids, and uh, stepped over the line, went too far with a 17-year-old. He's in jail. I was devastated by that for a lot of different reasons. Not that I excuse it. I was hurt just, how could he do that, first of all? But also, just I just hurt for him. I hurt for his family. I, his daughter was my daughter's best friend in high school, and I just hurt for the whole group. I cried half the day thinking about it. It's devastating, you know. Life is dramatically going to change. He doesn't even realize how much. Not you know, not that that shouldn't take place. It's just the facts, the consequences that have to deal that he has to deal with now, as well as the family. You don't have a choice what you're going to learn or when. You don't have that choice. You know, and, 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 but, but you do have a choice as to how you're going to live your lives before and after and during. You do have that choice. And that's what I want to talk to you about just in these few minutes that I have left because the, the, there's, just, there's just a couple of things I want to show you, really three things. You know, Walter Annenberg, sort of the Rupert Murdoch of his time, said this, uh, the test of character is having the ability to meet challenges. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I think there's even more truth to that when you're a person of faith. When you have a, a faith in God through Jesus there's even more truth that I, I, need, I need to better handle the rigors of life, not because of who I am, not because I'm better than anybody else, not because I'm more equipped than anybody else, but because of whom, in whom I trust. And I want, I want you to see that just, just very quickly, three very simple thoughts on that that I want you to see, and, and, and hopefully it's just going to be something that's going to maybe remind you, maybe inspire you, maybe that you can put in sort of a, the, uh, you know, the back burner of your mind, so to speak, to remember when the time really hits and so forth. But just three very simple things. The first one is this. Um, your life will be and is, and this is very important, your life will be and is defined by how you meet the challenges of life, big and little. Your life will be and is defined by how you meet the challenges of life, big and little. 
Because let's face it, even the little ones, and I kind of took them in order there for us to kind of think through. When they hit, sometimes little ones still seem like big ones until something bigger comes along. Let me show you what James says in the New Testament, the book of James. This is a great passage. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For your endurance is fully developed. For when your full your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't say if. He says when. Whenever trouble comes your way, your life is going to be defined. Now, now, just think about this just for a minute. All right, just just for a minute. Your life is going to be defined by how you respond to challenges. Let's just suppose we took a, a stop, pa- pause right now and looked at your life and those who are closest to you and you could say, how does, how does Rich, how does whatever, put your name in there, respond to the challenges of life? What would others say? Well, they complain a lot. Well, they get maybe quiet. It's not bad. Complaining, not so good. Just think about it. Well, you know what? They try to see what good opportunity there is. That's ideally what I hope all of us would say about each other. Try to see what joy they can find in this thing. And, and, and don't misunderstand. You may not be able to do it right then. and not suggesting that. Because sometimes you've got to get through that and you've got to, okay, I've got I to get through this thing and figure this thing out. Okay? And, and, and ask God for wisdom and ask God for strength. Okay? So just... just Think through that. Your life is defined by how you meet the little and big challenges of life. Excuse me, Barbara DeAngelis, who's a psychologist, kind of a relationship guru, she said this, what allows us as human beings to psychologically survive life on earth with all of its pain, drama, and challenges is a sense of purpose and meaning. I just thought that was really good. I don't know where she is in the whole faith spectrum, but that's a great truth right there. It's a great statement. My life will be defined by how I meet challenges. And people around me will note that. My kids will note that. My coworkers will note that. My friends will note that. Now, here's the friction. I told you there's, this, there's a couple of things going on here that, that, that are giving me issues in, in how I present this because here's the thing that if I stopped right now... Um, You'd like that, wouldn't you? Now, if I stopped right now, <laughs> um, you, you might leave here thinking, okay, he's told me this, and he's told me the next phone call could be a devastating phone call, and when I walk out of here and my phone rings, oh, who is, am I supposed to live like that? Just in total fear? In total, oh, gosh, I don't want, you know, is, this, is this it? Is, things have been going really well. Uh, 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 maybe things have been going too well. Now I'm due for something bad. You know, that's just, that's, you know, that's malarkey right there is what that is. Second, second thought I want you to think about is this. Certainly my life is defined by how I meet challenges. Number two, God never intended people to live in fear. He never intended his people to live in fear. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 6, so don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs, and he gave you all you need from day to day. If you live for him and give, make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Verse 34, God bless you, Josh. So don't worry. Uh, there's a story I'll tell you about that in a second. So don't worry 
about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Tomorrow will have its own worries. Sidebar to this real quick. I, uh, I screwed up. I, on one of my, it's in my PowerPoint notes, and I left off verse 34. Do you know that between the first song and now, the young man back there got it on there for me? So anyway, he's amazing. I don't know how he does that. Anyway, and that's hard to do because he's also got to keep with everything else. So anyway, that's just a sidebar. Um, verse 34, don't miss the, verse 34. That's, it's the most, that's, don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Tomorrow will have its own worries. That's true. I'm just so good. This is Jesus' words. Jesus understood that. God never desired for his people to live in fear. Don't. Whatever comes, God, I need, I need the strength to handle it. Which brings me to my third thing, my third thought, which I don't know if it's the most important one, but I don't want to leave here without seeing it, all right? Life, my life is defined by how I meet challenges. God never intended us, though, to live in fear, worried about the next one. Third thing, that's why life must be rooted in Almighty God. Let me see a quote. I've used the quote before, and you've heard it many, many, many times. Dr. Martin Luther King, last sermon he preached in Washington, D.C. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I mean, that just says it all right there, doesn't it? Don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And that's true for us. Let me take you to a, a place in, in David. You know, David, just incredible. He's crying, literally he's crying out here. Look what he says, Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock. My fortress, my savior, my God is my rock. You know what that means? My God is my rock. That's, 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 where, that's where my stability comes from. That's where my identity comes from. Not from what I do and not from being cool or, or not from this or that, but from God, from God Almighty. Because he's the only stable person or thing in my life. Not that there aren't other stable people. I just know what I'm saying. In terms of an eternal rock, it's God and God alone in whom I have fine protection. He is my shield, the strength of my salvation and my stronghold. The king, David, who wrote, understood that. He is my rock. He is my fortress. If I'm dependent upon circumstances, you know how crazy that is. If I'm depending upon people, you know how people change. If I'm dependent upon all kinds of other issues, everything else changes except God. And God tells us in the Bible, in many different places, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why our life must be rooted in an almighty God, all-powerful God. Now, the takeaway in this is this, and it's, and it's, 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 you know, it's kind of heavy. I, I realize that song is a heavy song, really. I mean, it, 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 whether you realize that's a heavy song in terms of what it's about and the theme and so forth. And this is pretty heavy-duty stuff. But here's the takeaway for this. You know what? And that is, yeah, I'm going to need this um, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next year when I get that call or that 
email or that whatever that really defines some, some pretty difficult things. But, you know, I, I'm going to need this tomorrow when uh, I'm going to use this term again, and I hope it's not too offensive to you, just when the toilet's running over, and that could be anything. I use that a lot because we've had that issue a few times back here. I don't know if you know that or not. I think we got it solved because we got the doctor on it over here. And, uh, but um, whatever issues, whatever the, the, the minor issues of life, they're not minor at the time. And, and here's the thing. I, I got to say this. I meant to say this earlier. I'm going to say it again. And I want to say it twice, actually, but so I'm just going to say it once. This whole thing of faith, this is, when, when, you, when you start going through that whole spectrum of stuff that I went through, you know, whether you're talking about your team letting you down or kids getting sick and putting plans on hold or play dates or housekeepers or, or, or kids in college or kids that are sick or deals that don't happen or, or whatever, you know, this whole thing of faith. If it's real, if it's genuine, it doesn't matter whether it's the, 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 the little, I'm going to use, use the term little things of life or the big things of life, God is still, still real and the faith that I need in him doesn't necessarily waver, even though there are times when I have questions. That's the issue. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He's my shield, the strength of my salvation and my stronghold. And I'll thank him and I'll thank him for Jesus who comes that I can have a relationship with him for that very purpose. Let's pray. God, we uh, were humbled and awed by your power and continue to be. And I pray for each one of us. We're, we're all dealing with different things. Some of us are dealing with things that, that are what others would call big issues. Some of us are dealing with things that others might call little issues. God, the really cool thing about that is it doesn't matter to you because you care about every, every part of our lives. You're the God who's numbered the number of hairs on our head. And we know you care about every detail. And we're thankful for that. And we're thankful that we have a God that we can come through through Jesus to be able to say, God, I need your strength and I need your help today in this particular issue on the issue to come or maybe an issue that I'm dealing with. And we thank you that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us the ability to have that relationship with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.